Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'd start this week by telling you what's ultimately quite a traumatic story of something that happened to me in the cemetery the other day. Okay. I used to think it was weird spending so much time in a cemetery, but today is the one-year anniversary of the first lockdown restrictions, and it's just part of my life now. I'll tell you what I think is still a little bit worrying about it. I've completely made peace with the fact, and I know this cropped up months ago on the podcast, that I'm taking my son to a graveyard on a regular basis and maybe he'll end up a bit more gothy than I would have liked. Actually, I say that. I always like a goth. Goths are very sweet. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, But a weird thing that we do is we never call it the graveyard or the cemetery to him. What, what, how do you refer to it then? The forest. For, right. You've been there. It has a, quite a foresty... There are trees. It's a foresty-like yeah. quality. Mm. Here's what worries me about that, though. At some point in school, he's going to be learning about forests. And maybe the teacher will say, Who's, who knows what a forest is? He'll put his hand up and he'll say, it's where they bury dead people. And then maybe the teacher will think, <laughs> I'm a murderer. <laughs> They will think you are. Yeah, that 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 is not good. You might need to start throwing in some yes. like extra details. Yes. Anyway, I take my son there a lot. Uh, I let him play there. Most of where he plays is on a war memorial in the middle of the cemetery, which is... I'm never good at... Do you know what I'm never good at? Describing how big things are by comparing them to something else. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the newspapers always describe something as being as big as Big Ben or a double-decker bus or whatever. But I think this war memorial is probably about as big as a tennis court. Does that sound right to you? You've been there? (laughs) So so. it's it's probably about... It's probably about two-thirds the size of a tennis court. There we go. If I'm going to be very okay. pedantic. No, no, that's good. That's mm. good. Uh, and Jean calls it the elf castle because it's you go up some steps to get to it. There are walls and turrets which give it a castle-like appearance. Um, There are then plates at one end engraved on which, metal plates engraved on which uh, the names of the war dead, which he can't read. I mean, he knows a few letters, so he goes over and reads these and tells me it's the instructions for how you play on the elf castle. 
So instead Mm -hmm. of reading the names of the fallen, it'll all be things like Eugene doesn't have to share his toys. (laughs) Eugene is allowed to give grown-ups timeouts and stuff. And I have clocked a couple of times, and it's not just us that play on it. You see loads of kids on it. I have clocked a couple of times people feeling slightly uncomfortable with these children mucking about on a war memorial. But I think if I had fallen, if I'd sacrificed my life for a country, what better way, what better expression of that freedom than um, children playing on, on uh, on the memorial to my lost life? Mm. Am I? I? I'm with you. Okay, good. I think like teenagers and adults may be slightly different, but children, fine. Well, this is very interesting because uh, I, I will be addressing one of those groups of people. Oh. Yeah. So we go there on Sunday. It's a pretty sunny day. Uh, we get to the War Memorial Stroke Elf Castle and it's quite busy. By which I mean there's probably, at, at different corners of it, a dozen people. There are a few people in their 20s sat having a packed lunch. There is a family with two young children, uh, probably either side of Jean's age, so maybe six and three, something like that. Um, there are a few other people milling around. And over at the end, near the turret, is a teenager. And I can see this teenager is shouting down to some people who she presumably is with. I can't see them uh, down on the ground. And there's a bit of horseplay going on. She's climbing off the top. She's jumping down, which is probably sort of two and a half metres. What's that in old money? Not quite 10 feet, something like that. Anyway, um, so there's, there's teenage hijinks going on at the same time as various people just sitting there and enjoying the sunny day and some little children just playing around. All of a sudden, this huge shower of wood chips comes over. And I quite quickly work out what's happening is that the kids down on the ground are scooping bits of the floor of the forest up and throwing it at the girl on the on the war memorial. But it's raining down on everyone. What would you do in that situation? Nothing. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought I'm going to do nothing. Um, this is boisterous, rambunctious horseplay. Is it horseplay? I, I, from, from these teenagers, but I'm also scared scared of them. I'm very scared of uh, confrontation. So of course I think I'm not going to say anything. I'll just live with a bit of wood chip landing on me. If it happens again, so be it. It's just a bit worse than being in a hailstorm, but not as cold. <laughs> So some more comes over again. No one says anything. I'm aware that other people are kind of rolling their eyes and tutting a bit, but that's as far as it goes. A few minutes later, another shower comes over, followed by some big sticks. Now, as previously discussed, I'm not very good at describing the size of things. So I struggle to describe these sticks. Do you know once we had some rubbish out the front of our house that we needed to order a clearance company to come and take away and i had to ring them and they said how many how many liters is it i don't know i don't know who knows do you know how would you be able to look at a pile of rubbish and describe it in liters who who could no No, of course not and then because of my problems i couldn't think what to describe it as the same size as and i said it's about as big as a sinclair c5 and then (laughs) instantly realized that wasn't a good reference 
Anyway, um, this these sticks. What I'm trying to convey is they could have hurt somebody with them. So this wasn't like a stick you would throw for your dog Rudy, who's a little little dog. This is the sort of stick that maybe a a particularly kind of jowly, slubbery Labrador might be into. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you threw threw it at a window, it could break a window. These types of sticks, and two or three of them come over. Okay. This is not good. And I think I'm going to have to say something. Well, actually, what I think is, I hope somebody yeah. else says something. So I look around. I notice a couple of people move move away. They decide to abandon ship. And nobody else is going to say something. So I decide to confront the teenager who is the target of these stick and wood chip attacks. Here's what I say to her. Okay. I say, excuse me, would you mind just um, asking your friends down there if, if they could just stop um, throwing this stuff stuff up? It's just a bit dangerous. You wouldn't mind just telling them, would you? She turns around and says to me, sorry, I'm not with them. Now, she's clearly lying because I've heard her shouting to them and they're throwing stuff at her. But what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, that's, that's impossible. There's nothing you can do. There's no, nothing I can do. Then another one of these big sticks comes over and lands not that far from Jean. It's probably a bit of an ear miss. You know when they talk about a comet nearly hitting the Earth and it turns out it was like half a million miles away Mm. or something? It was probably the equivalent (laughs) of that with a stick. But it's enough that I get really angry. I notice that nobody else is rising to the occasion. I think of that saying, some are born great, some achieve greatness. And some have greatness thrust upon them, which I think is from Spider-Man. <laughs> and um, I think I'm going to have to go down there. Can you believe this? I mean, I'm, I'm sat here gripped. Carry on. So I take Eugene down with me. That's protection. Partly because I think they're, yes, I think they're less likely to start on mm. me if I'm with a four-year-old. But also to illustrate my point. So I march around to the front. And when these kids see me coming the girl jumps off the wall i think she shouted down to them and they all leg it further into the cemetery do you want to know what i do at that point what follow them you do not yes but you've got what you want they've gone they're not throwing sticks anymore no, but, what are you but gonna I know do they'll, i know they're gonna come back i know they're gonna come back and i start shouting after them listen listen i just want to talk to you guys because what I'm trying to convey here is I'm not some killjoy. I'm not just an adult <laughs> ruining their fun like the park keeper out of the Beano. I've got a point to make here. So they almost killed your child with a stick, but you still want them to like you. Yes. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. So mm. so they're running off and they're kind of giving me the V sign as they're running off and Ooh, uh. saying stuff to each other and laughing. Oh. But I keep going and, and I, I get to where they are. And I say, listen, guys, I wish I, I wish there was more up on the lingo. Yeah, maybe guys isn't the one. I don't know. Yeah. I wish I'd said, look, we all just like fun. We just, like, I'm, I'm a fun guy. You're a fun guy. Yeah, we just all want our days to be lit. But <laughs> I didn't say that. Good. I said, listen, listen, guys, I just, just want to talk to you. I said, see him. And then I point to Eugene and say, say, see, he's four years old. At which point Gene really unhelpfully goes, I'm nearly five. And then I say, <laughs> but you, you mean you're still, then it loses the momentum of the confrontation. 
say, and there's there's other kids like that up there as well. Do, do you understand that if those sticks that you're throwing up, if they were to hit him or one of those other children, they could end up in hospital? So what I feel like I'm doing is just appealing appealing to their sense of reason, to their better judgment. I, not just a grumpy adult telling them, them off. I'm just explaining something that they might not have realised from their vantage point. And I think I do a pretty good job of it. Do you want to know what it's met with? Go on. Silence. They're just silence. Oh, right. And then one of them, I could tell he's the joker of the pack. You know, you just know. Mm. One of them goes, Me no speak English. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> and they, because that's what they did. They all laughed their heads off. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening to you. This is awful. What did because, you do next? Well, I was at a loss for words because I thought by being so reasonable, mm. I'd just make a point well, and then they'd say, sorry, and then that would be the end of it. So this one goes, Mino, speak English, and they all start laughing. And then another one gets a tiny bit of wood chip off the floor and uh, and oh. a twig and goes, oh, really, mister? This is going to put a kid in hospital, is it? This is going to... Oh, no. This is turning nasty. And then another one coughed and said a bad word at the same time. The, what, the word that I'm thinking of? Rhymes with Paul Anker. I mean, not the Paul bit, but yeah. No. Yeah. This is awful. Oh, my... <laughs> what did you do then? I clammed up. I didn't know what to say because I'd made my point. Oh. And I didn't know what to do. What What do you do in that situation? Like, I think if I was a different type of person, I would have called them something bad or I would have said, like, I know where you live or I'm going to call the police or I know your parents. But I know, no, I know parents, none of those yeah. things are true. I know none of those yeah. things are true. Mm. So I don't say any of it. I'll tell you what I wish I'd said. I have the power to raise the dead from these graves. <laughs> but yeah, I've only. So I just ended up saying, just just think about other people. And then I had to say to Jean, come on, son. Oh. And then we had to do the long walk back along the path that I'd followed them down. And it and it was so uncomfortable. Jean was silent. And then as we got to the gates of the cemetery, he went, Dad? I said, yeah. He went, those guys were really tough, weren't they? (laughs) Tough. And I said, because what I don't want him thinking is that teenagers are all bad. I said, well, I think sometimes teenagers just act tough when they're in groups like that because they think everyone else is tough. But I think if you spoke to any of them on their own, they'd be really nice and they'd They'd understand. And then Jean goes, no, I think they were really tough. They were really tough. And then as we carry on walking, he goes, can I get a red hoodie like the guy who said me no speak English had? (laughs) And the penny drops that not only did he clock them as tough, but Mm. he understood that in that in that confrontation, in that altercation, they had the upper hand. They won. They were the alphas. And now I am lesser in his eyes to a bunch of teenagers who defeated me. He looks up to... He's not looking at They're, me and saying, Dad, can I get a cardigan like yours? <laughs> They're the ones he looks up to now. 
I know. Annabelle, Mm. can we hear some correspondence from Drifters? We can, and it's from Jules Everest. Whilst listening to your recent story about the person who had a stranger use a teaspoon to steal their cake and then put the saliva-covered spoon in the hot drink. I think that was last week, wasn't it? My own horrendous, horrendous. Yeah. My own terrible spoon intimacy violation flashback occurred. It still fills my brain with panic 11 years on. My friend used to own a sandwich shop. It was a small business with not many staff. One of her employees broke their arm, so was going to be off work for a while. She desperately needed someone to step in temporarily, just making food and drinks, serving customers and using a till. She asked me to help and was offering to pay me. Being the drifter that I am, I had not worked in retail, serving the general public face-to-face for over 20 years. As a teenager, my Saturday job experiences in shops had led me to jobs where I would be hidden away behind the scenes in an office, on a computer or working alone out on site. I liked being away from people, but agreed because I wanted to be a good friend and help her out. Plus, it was only temporary. Mostly, it went well, apart from this one nightmarish incident involving a spoon. One lunchtime, a couple of builders came in to order food. The first guy ordered something hot that was going to take a while to cook, so they got out the newspaper and started chatting. My friend went out back to the kitchen to cook the hot order, so I was alone, and they were going to be there for a while. The shop was empty, apart from these two strangers and me. They started to talk to each other as if I wasn't there, discussing that day's page three stunner. It was hardly the right time or place. I just used the port protocol, making myself appear busy behind the counter. I pretended I couldn't hear them. However, being a blonde female alone with two male strangers discussing other blonde females, jugs and melons, I felt quite uncomfortable. So this transaction had already not started well. The second guy wasn't sure what he wanted in his sandwich. He noticed a new filling that was available on display in the chiller and was undecided. It was coronation chicken. My friend, still cooking the hot food, heard our conversation and shouted out from the back kitchen, let him try some. So I dipped a tablespoon in the tub of sandwich filling to retrieve a sample for him to try. The chiller cabinet was around five feet tall with a counter on the top. So I had to reach up over the counter to offer him the spoon. I was expecting him to take it from my hand in his hand and try the sample. To my absolute horror, instead of reaching out and taking the spoon from my hand, he suddenly clamped his mouth directly around the spoonful of food I was holding. This was completely unexpected and hugely awkward, similar to when two people go to kiss or shake hands and each judges it wrong. I was frozen to the spot and had no idea what to do. It then got so much worse. In total shock, I couldn't take my eyes off this car crash situation happening at the end of my fingers. So I unintentionally caught his eye. I witnessed the constant unwavering eye contact from this horror-inducing hod carrier. (laughs) His eyes locked with mine as he slid his mouth very slowly backwards off the spoon in what I can only assume was his attempt at a seductive manner. This is the least erotic thing I've ever heard. (laughs) As if nothing untoward had happened, he then said, yes, he would like that in his sandwich. 
I don't know if the shocked panic was apparent to him on my face as I broke eye contact and shakily asked, on white or granary? The two builders <laughs> carried on chatting as normal, whilst I was internally praying to the deity of takeaways that the hot food order would be ready extremely soon so they could just leave the shop and my life. I quickly made up the sandwich and kept my head down, no eye contact. Instead of giving him his change in his hand, I left the coins on top of the paper bag that held the sandwich on the countertop, as I'd received enough strange intimacy for one day. I'm not a prude, but for me, spoon feeding is only done to my children as babies or sharing a romantic moment with a loved one while sharing a dessert or something. I have not eaten coronation chicken since that day and became vegan over two years ago. <laughs> my friend's sandwich shop went out of business about a year after this incident happened when a Tesco Express opened up opposite. But whenever I remember this incident, I just want to scrub myself raw with soap and a brush in a bath of bleach whilst a hot scalding shower rains down. So I completely sympathise with the person who had the chocolate muffin stolen and the stranger's spit-laden spoon dumped in their hot drink. I like thinking that maybe out there there is a drifter with a story of working as a builder feeling deeply uncomfortable when the guys that he worked with would make comments about page three, being acutely aware that there was a woman overhearing it and worrying that she she would think he was complicit and then going over the counter to, to asking about <laughs> coronation chicken it being this whole uncomfortable interaction and then when she held out the spoon without thinking about it he put it in his mouth and, and obsesses <laughs> about it to this day wouldn't that be like a lovely oh. version of this story yeah, it, that there, there was, you know, I always say two sides to every story, aren't yeah, there? So we, you yeah, never know. Yeah, let's hope so. What I also like about that story is it wouldn't it wouldn't have felt out of place in the 70s, what were the references to page three <laughs> and Coronation Chicken. But no, just just 11 years ago. If you have a, uh, a an uncomfortable social interaction to share with us, please email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> Gives another way in which you are a uh, not a fully functioning adult. One of the things I'm really bad at is small talk with strangers. Whenever my boyfriend comes back from the preschool drop-off, there's always some story that involves him chatting with another mum. Nobody has ever spoken to me when I go, like ever. I don't know how it happens, how it works. And this is definitely not something I'm looking to you for answers, Jeff, because w- what we're all thinking right now is, do you shriek much in adult life? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, do you sh- do you shriek much as an adult? Oh, so, oh sorry, as an adult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those words are, cl- are more burned into your memory than mine. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not yeah, looking to yeah. you for answers here. I know that, yeah, it's something that it's, you... It's, do you know what I'm not too bad at? Somebody hmm. I'm going to interact with once, once only for quite a short amount of time. So say, for example, a taxi driver. Do a pretty good job with a taxi driver. No eye contact. And I heard Jerry Seinfeld once say that when, you know, members of the public want to talk to him but get a little bit um, starstruck, a technique he uses is just ask lots of questions to which the the answers are numbers. So I've stolen that for my small talk. Hey, give me an example. Oh, so what do you do for a living then? Uh, oh, I, that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> a podcast. How long have you done that for? 
Oh, oh, okay, right. So mm, three, four years. How, how many hours does it take to make an yeah. hour, hour long podcast? Like a day or so. Yeah, okay. So it's all just time. Yeah, numbers, yeah and, who, right. and who do you live with? I love my husband. How long have you been together? You got kids? How many? Mm-hmm. You know, so you keep asking. Yeah, that's a, a little tricker. Number but questions. you can't do. Like you that. can't. You can't do that in a school queue. Because you're going to see the people repeatedly, and then you'll you'll seem strange, uh, yes, like you're amassing okay, data. So you're good at that first one, yeah, but they're mm. not the ones yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, well, I'll remember that numbers one. It's good. Yes. So I'm I'm bad at small talk, but what I'm even worse at is stranger, and I'm going to use the word banter because this is, this is entirely yeah, different oh. to small talk. Yes. And I became hyper aware of this one morning last week. So my son, who is three, has recently become very interested in bird watching, which I've encouraged for the sole reason that I think it makes me look like a great parent. <laughs> and be like, oh, so your Timmy likes Paw Patrol. Oh, Rudy loves birds. Like, it's very wholesome. It's I look great. amazing. Have you told him about Bill Oddie? But I haven't, no, not yet. <laughs> We've got a bird book at home that I bought for Tom's birthday years ago that has on each page a photo of a bird and a button to press for what they sound like. And it's only a few seconds of sound of the bird. So I do worry that it's just their catchphrase. And it would be like birds having a book of celebrities. (laughs) And on Arnold Schwarzenegger page, the button just plays, I'll be back. When he said like loads of other stuff, like, hello, housekeeper, can I kiss you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it feels unfair that it's the birds kind of just get pigeonholed, pigeonholed into, into uh, no pun intended, into one sound. But anyway, this book sparked the interest, and then my mum got him another book. To me, there's nothing worse than an unintended pun. Mm, unintended. Be- yes, I mean, yeah, I suppose an intended one is is better. But it's when people want to give you credit for making a pun that you didn't realize. It's a really uncomfortable moment for me. It happens to me quite regularly when people want to give you credit for making a pun and you think they're kind of patronising you or feigning laughter and then you have to convince them that you didn't make to Ugh. mean to make the pun in the first place. Really? At the same time yeah. as thinking, do they genuinely think I'm some kind of genius for making that <laughs> pun? Maybe I should just <laughs> let it slide. Maybe I should do more puns in conversation. <laughs> Sorry, um, carry so, on. The, can I just yes. say to the listeners so as well that I'm, that I'm finding the line really difficult this week. Hopefully they won't be able terrible. to notice it when it comes out. But the, the 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 gaps between what we're saying and you reacting and me reacting, it's it's horrible this week. So yes. when, can we, when can we be in the same place again? It must be soon, right? Surely, surely. I need to look we'll at that roadmap. Because yeah. yes, this is difficult. Um, so this book sparked the interest and then my mum got him another bird book with illustrations and now it's all Robin this and Pied Wagtail that. And we had a day together last week so I thought I'd take him to a nature reserve. So we went. Sadly, there were only magpies there so I just got a really achy arm and hand from saluting them all. <laughs> and he was more interested in this very large circular area that used to be a waterworks. Um, so there's a big covered bit of water in the middle and then the outside of the circle has been turned into a circular hide I think is the word for people to spy on birds which I'm pretty sure the birds find creepy <laughs> so there's water in the middle then there's a circular path about three to four people wide and then there's benches and the peepholes and there's one man there I'm guessing in his 70s he had binoculars and a flask and he had been chatting to a couple but they were leaving as we arrived And Rudy's on his bike and he's racing around this circular path, which he seems to think is some kind of Formula One racetrack. And I'm jogging after him. 
And the first time I go past this man, he says very good naturedly with a big smile on his face. Oh, he's hard to keep up with. And I laugh and I say yes. And I'm not laughing because it's hilariously funny. I'm laughing because it's polite, right? Yeah. On my second circuit, the man says in the exact same way as before, big smile. Oh, well, it's good exercise for you. Again, I laugh and I say yes. The third time I go past him, I think, I'll give him a bit of banter now. It's my turn. He's done all the heavy lifting banter-wise. My turn now. So I go past and I say, oh, hope we're not scaring the birds away. And the man says, nothing. No laughter. (laughs) No yes. No, no, nothing. Uh, I gave him two laughs. Two laughs, mm, two yeses. mm, Gives me mm. nothing back. So I take the hint. We leave. We're walking along a path. And this is literally minutes later. We're walking along a path and coming towards us is a man and his daughter who looks around the same age as my son. Coincidentally, they're both singing, as in Rudy and this little girl. And as we pass, the man says to me, oh, we've got two singers here. And I laugh and I say, yes. And because I then haven't learned from my previous mistakes, I say, it's like they're duetting. Nothing. Uh Just ignores me. The quality of my banter is so poor that I'm ignored and I'm humiliated, (laughs) but I'm also relieved as I was initially going to say, oh, they're like Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue. That was my first thought of famous duetters. But this guy was definitely younger than me and and probably would have had no idea what I meant. And it would have been as random and weird as saying, oh, they're like Nick Kershaw and Toya Wilcox. (laughs) But in a way, it's worse that my it's like they're duetting wasn't even my first blurted out thought. I'd briefly workshop my banter and improved on it and it was still weak and I still got nothing I'm just going to laugh and say yes that's all you can do and I, I I laugh overly loudly to cover up the fact that I've got nothing to um, I'm compensating for the fact that I've got nothing to add to the banter pile I haven't got a log yep. to throw onto the banter fire <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, did you enjoy filling in the census? Oh, gosh, I was I found it very stressful because I forgot to do it on the Sunday. And then I think I saw something in the news. And I was like, oh, I didn't do it. And then I looked at my letter and it said, you have to do it on the Sunday. You get fined up to a thousand pounds. And it was very stressful. So I went online and it was totally fine. And I did it. And I, found I had it the exact boring. same thing. I had the exact same thing. I did it on the Sunday, but it was quite late on. And I thought, I remember getting an email or a text months and months and months ago, but never having seen a letter or anything since. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> like, then really not nice in jail to uh, census avoidance. <laughs> but then it turned out you could get a text message sent to you with your access code. I'll tell you one thing I thought about as I was doing it. 
I thought about my only interactions really with a census are if ever I want to nosy uh, what my grandparents or great grandparents did, you know, try and look for somebody related to me. So when I filled it in, I thought, should I be really filling it in, not with accuracy in mind, but with those people in mind? So instead of writing... So, so like making yourself better. Just writing that like I'm a lion tamer or something like that. Oh, more interesting. Yes. That's so That's so interesting because the whole time I was doing it, I was only thinking about, is it your answer? No, it's not your answers. You're four. And yeah, descendants. Ran- yeah. What? Yeah, your descendants. What, like them looking me up? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> that's all I was, that's so funny. I'm glad that was you as well. Did you write podcaster? Well, this is the thing. I didn't know where to put the job title. I just didn't, I, I spent ages thinking about, well, what what shall I put and what what will my descendants think? Like what 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 do I say for them? So I put lion tamer. <laughs> what did you put? Broadcaster. I, I think yeah, broadcasters slash writer. You know what whatever. Or I might have even just put you know I, I don't know what. But um, I did toy with the idea of putting podcaster on because I thought that would really tie it to a specific time in history. Yeah. Because I'm imagining you know audio on demand's going nowhere, but I'd be surprised if it's still called podcasts. By the time mm. that they uh, they're looking us up, um, said so there was that. What else was going to tell ask you about? Oh, let me ask you your advice. If you want to bring up any kind of criticism in the confines of your marriage, what tone do you adopt? How do you approach it? Um, gosh, with 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 fear. Yeah, because Tom my boyfriend doesn't doesn't take Lover. criticism very well boyfriend um would he say the same thing about you your lover tom well if yes because well, I, I don't know if he'd say it but yes i take criticism terribly so probably yeah how would so I in do other it? words in, in other words are you both if you need to criticize the other about an ongoing issue mm. do you need to think carefully and strategize very about exactly how you're going to frame it yes yeah, I don't think he does, but I do. Yeah, I bet he does. You know, he I blurts bet. it. He just blurts it out. But no, def- for me, definitely, I'll think for ages about how I'm going to bring it up, and then I'll end up really messing it up. Whatever I do. The other day, I noticed Sarah has been putting my marmite, which she doesn't eat, in the refrigerator. <laughs> now it's wrong. Now she's American, so she doesn't understand that marmite isn't a refrigerator item. But the amount mm. of run up that I had to take. <laughs> to say, oh, um, peace and love, peace and love. Just to let you know, <laughs> not annoyed. This isn't a thing at all. Just wanted to let you know because you probably d- didn't know this yourself. Maybe it's interesting information. And I mean, it, it took me days, I think, to get to a point where I could say that to her. She still ended up being a bit shirty with me, as I think I would have been with her just to the criticism why is it so difficult (laughs) if you came if you came over to my house and i saw you Mm. and you made yourself some toast and then i saw you put the marmite back in the fridge i go annabelle what are you doing what are you putting marmite in the fridge for marmite doesn't go in the fridge yeah Yeah. and you'd go oh my god i feel like such an idiot or we'd you go it does and then we'd have a little thing and then it'd be over but the the longer a marriage gets the weird thing is you'd feel that you'd be on tippy toes more at the beginning of a relationship and yet the longer it goes on 
the more difficult mm. it is to bring these things up because of everything else that is <laughs> precariously balanced <laughs> that's, that's on the top thing. of. What it seems like you're saying, on the surface, you're saying the marmite doesn't belong in the fridge, but what you're really saying is a full long list of things that you don't like. That's what she's actually hearing. Yeah. Or what she's hearing is, oh, you think that's a problem, do you? Let me start telling you about some of the ways in which you irritate me. That's what That's oh. what my fear is. That well, that's exactly how a conversation with Tom will go. Yeah, yeah. Good. Glad that's not just me. Um, did mm. I have anything else to bring up? No, not really. Let's get on with... What mug is this? What mug is that? What mug you gonna find at? Mug chat! This week's mug chat. Annabelle, the first thing to address is the mug chat mugs. I believe oh. you have somewhere uh, the, to, to point people if they want to go and treat themselves to a mug chat mug. I do, yes. So the website you can get them from is Redbubble. And it's Sarah Morley, a drifter, who has designed these mugs and put them on her store on Redbubble. So that is where you can get them from. So rather than me read you out a website address which features loads of letters and numbers that will take you directly to the mug, I'm going to give you the website address that takes you to her shop. Oh, God, I've just done something to my phone. I don't know what's going on with my phone. It's making a noise. I was trying to look at Red... Ah, my phone is doing something weird. Stop it. Okay. I've stopped it. I've no idea what happened then. I think it must have been an advert on a, a newspaper's website I was looking for. But were you about to say that if I go to Redbubble and type in mug chat, will it? Will I be able to find it? No, that this is this is my issue. It does uh, that doesn't work. I have to oh. give you this particular address, which because I'm giving you her a shop address, is quite easy to remember and write down. But I also put it on Facebook. Facebook. Um, and I'll also put links to Sarah's Instagram and was it her website? Sorry, <laughs> her Instagram right. and her Etsy shop as well on Facebook. But for right. now, I'm just going to give you out this one address. So redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Sarah Morley, M-O-R-L-E-Y forward slash shop. That's the best I can do. Sorry, I know it's a bit long winded. And you go there. And on her shop, you will find the Mug Chat mug. You can get it in a classic version and also a slightly different kind of taller one. Ooh. And it's very reasonably priced. 10% will go to the mental health charity Mind. And it's a very, very beautiful mug. Oh, and Redbubble's got 15% off at the moment until March 25th. So... If you want it, get it now. Are you looking it's it amazing up? to me. Amazing to me that nobody has ever got in touch to say, "Hi, I work at QVC." <laughs> We've had on the podcast. She does a very good job with this. Uh, Can I just say one concern? There was something about mm. the way you said it's a very reasonable price, but then didn't name the price, which makes me think that you think it's too expensive. No, I think it's a. I think it's a really good price. Well, how much? I'm just looking it up now. So if you buy one... Oh, so you just didn't know. You didn't it know. It wasn't okay. in front of me. If you if you get one, it's £9.90. Okay. If you get two, £8.42. If you, buy, oh. <laughs> if you buy four or more, if you want like a special set for your hmm. kitchen, £7.92 each. Oh, well, that, that's great then. I, I take all that And back. you can get 15% off at the moment. 15% off. 
Don't ask me what that is. And as I say, 10% goes to mind as well. And no profit. Well, this is this is totally no profit for, for us and for Sarah. She's agreed to do the same. Sarah too. That's so lovely yeah. of her. Yeah, it is lovely. That's great. You. Well, I think this is really exciting. Mug chat, mugs are now a thing. And maybe it's like hunting, the, the fact that it's so difficult to find them <laughs> only, only adds to it, I think. It's like searching for treasure, yeah. diving exactly, for pearls. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It, it'll be all the more satisfying when you finally get to it because you can't just exactly. search it. But I will, as I said, I will put a link on the Facebook uh, tomorrow morning. Great. Which will be I Wednesday. suppose. Do you, can you email me the link now? I could put it in the episode, the, 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 the notes hey, on this episode. Good idea. Good I idea. never know Think what to that. write on those things. But you can go on Facebook and do all that business as well. Yeah. yeah we give go. yourself a bit of admin. Okay, Send good. Great. Well, I'm excited. I might order one. They're very, very nice. I'm going to get one. Great. Um, what else? Uh, what else do we have on the subject of mug chat this week? Okay, so this is the first one is from Chris. I'm not sure if it'll get me disqualified. This is actually about a travel mug rather than a traditional mug, and I don't think there have been any travel mug stories submitted yet. But I'll tell you anyway. Okay. I'm not actually a fan of the travel mug. I don't drink coffee. And whilst I like a cup of tea, I don't love it so much I need to walk around outside drinking it. That's just me, though. My wife has a couple that she uses when out and about. And a few years back, she got a really nice one from her sister for Christmas. It's got a nice flowery pattern with a pink lid that was very much my wife's style. I need to say at this point, neither of us are cool and trendy and have probably just left the age bracket where advertisers want to target us. Cut to about 18 months later and the last summer series of Love Island and I can't accurately describe the cackles of joy that went through our house when we saw the Love Islanders were drinking out of the exact same travel mug at breakfast one morning. Wow. Not a similar one. The exact same one. We actually paused it to check we were that excited. <laughs> it was as if someone we knew and loved dearly had made it on the screen. I'm not sure why it was so exciting. Maybe it just made us feel cool and relevant again. Later in the series, we had a similar excitement when in the hideaway, they gave the Islanders the same dressing gown as one my wife owns and getting a present from her sister. You might be thinking at this point, my sister-in-law actually works on Love Island, but she doesn't. She works for a building society, but maybe a career change <laughs> as an influencer is in order. I'll ask her to buy us a mug chat mug so the chances of seeing it in the villa next series goes up. Oh, I loved that so much. You'd written yourself mm. off as no longer cool and relevant to the advertising dollar. And there you are influencing the influencers. I mean, these people should be paying you money to see what the next no. next thing is. Oh, you're right there, Annabelle. I just yeah, said yeah, you're yeah. right there, but your headphones fell off so because she had no way of hearing me. <laughs> How did your headphones fall off? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Who knows? Um, well, that that was great, and uh, I think anybody listening to this will understand the thrill of seeing a mug that you own, albeit a travel mug on the TV. Of course, they will. You, oh, you're amongst totally like-minded dreamy. individuals here, mug-wise. Um, mm -hmm. What else? Haley says a question I'd like to throw out there is: In every office I've worked at, there has always been <laughs> a gigantic Sports Direct mug in the cupboard. Is this universal across all UK workplaces? Where do they come from? I mean, obviously Sports Direct, but was it some kind of huge promotional giveaway? Equally, is everyone using their big sports 
direct mug as a favourite mug. Because as far as I can tell, people tend to leave this one in the cupboard rather than claim it, probably because it's so big and they may appear greedy. I also <laughs> may have seen it used for keeping pens in a few times. I'd love to hear what you and the drifters think of this infamous mug. Now, this really I'm tickled gonna... me because as soon yeah. as she said gigantic sports direct mug, I was like, oh, I think we've got one in our own kitchen. Like, I, I know it so well, but I don't know why I know it so well. Where so does it come I, I, from? I don't know. I am not familiar with the stand-up comedy of Michael McIntyre, but this, without even having seen it, I would be very surprised if he doesn't have a bit on this. It feels straight away so recognisable. Somebody must have done mm. a routine about this, mustn't they? Yeah, the Sports Direct mug, yeah. Let's just Google it. Yeah, there's a... Some... Oh, hey, there is a... There's, um, there's a Reddit post from is 2015 there? which says why do so many people have a sports direct mug <laughs> um, is there an answer they help you get up to a discount voucher if you spent 49.99 and you want the five pound voucher when you spend 50 someone else um, says i have a feeling they gave them out for free at some then there's an article in the sun from 2017 saying there's nothing more British than kicking back and enjoying a giant cuppa in a Sports Direct mug. Um, and then it lists a load of Instagram and Twitter posts on the Sports Direct mug. I think these things are a meme. I'd be amazed if somebody hasn't done a routine about mm. them. It's so interesting. So yeah, you, so you know one. the Sports Direct mug then? Yeah, so I, I can't even think where I would have seen one, but mm. as soon as I, I heard that email, it, it was mm. extremely familiar to me, yeah. Yes, and it's yes, always definitely. there at the back of the cupboard. It's, it's the last one to get used. Yes, yes. Okay, want one more? Yeah. All right, then. This is from Gareth. The dark side of mug chat reared its ugly head in our household recently as I made a shocking discovery. Our mug setup seems similar to many drifters. A couple of tier one mugs that are always to be used first. Then the tier two and three, followed by these sorry looking tier four mugs that sit at the back of the cupboard, only making occasional guest appearances during rare instances when we have a lot of visitors. For me, tier one has long been a pair of mugs that me and my wife Kat received as a wedding present. One contains images of elephants, which are meant to signify our honeymoon, which we're lucky enough to go on safari. The other is covered in flowers, a representation of the floral theme at our wedding. They were a lovely gift, each representing wonderful memories, and the mugs are beautifully made, classic shape and size, etc. To me, these are our tier one mugs. Whenever I make me and Kat tea and coffee, these are the two mugs I default to most of the time. However... Recently, I brought up the topic of mug chat with Kat. I told her to listen out for it on the podcast as I thought she'd really enjoy it. She's usually three to four weeks behind with the podcast, whereas I've usually listened within a couple of days. I thought we'd have a lovely, whimsical conversation together about the mugs that sit at the back of the cupboard unused and our shared love of our beautiful tier one wedding gift mugs. No, I was shocked to discover <gasps> that to her, these are not tier one mugs. It never occurred to me that we wouldn't be on the same page on this topic. For six years, I assumed that we'd been happily married. It turns out we were two completely different people. Not only was I stunned to discover these mugs are not her favourite, but I was also perturbed to hear her actual choice of tier one mug, a rather bland looking one with a cat on it. 
To me, it probably sits as a tear mug on a good day or a tier three mug on a bad day. <laughs> the only mug I have that potentially rivals the wedding mugs is a daddy mug I was given when our son was born two years ago. But never in my worst nightmare did I imagine the bland cat mug could come between us. Where do we go from here? Is our marriage over? Do we struggle on for the sake of the kids slash mugs? Should the wretched cat mug meet an unfortunate accidental ending? Oh, I feel like when we started mug chat, I didn't realise that it would end in divorce for some people. I never thought this would happen. Has a mug ever come between you and a loved one? Mm. Has a mug brought about the end of a friendship, a relationship, a marriage even? Mm. The dark side, the dark of, mug side chat. of mug chat. Let's yeah. open it up, the dark side. <laughs> yeah, more of these and mug chat generally. I think you never really know somebody until... I mean, you never really know somebody, do you? You can never no. see inside their mind. But I think as as close as you can ever get is knowing their true opinions about the mugs in your cupboard. Yep. Please uh, share yours with us for next week's the sails are up when we sing this verse the stove is lit to break our thirst be your ship yacht sailor chum it's time to talk of all things mug mug chat it's hello at adriftpodcast.com right Annabelle Quandry Corner here at the Glap Clinic in Problematic Who's the first one from? It's from Fraser in South Lanarkshire. It relates to my weekly Saturday morning shopping routine of doing the food shopping, but but specifically buying a loaf of bread, which in recent weeks I've struggled to do without massively overthinking every element of the process. We're lucky to have some really good, reasonably priced independent food shops nearby, and I've always done my best to buy as much as I can from them and little as possible from the supermarket. I'm one of the shops. One of the shops I visit most weeks is a farm shop in the picturesque Clyde Valley and have done for a few years now. The shop has a great variety of bakery goods, butcher meat and lots of fresh fruit and veg, not wrapped in plastic and much of it homegrown. Since the first lockdown, it's become much more popular and has been extended out into a marquee. Something to be celebrated, but I count myself in the I knew about this place before it was popular camp. Now, for important context, a bit of detail about my far from ideal living situation. I live alone and my girlfriend Tilly is a school teacher who lives and works in Aberdeen, some three hours to the north from where I live and work. While the schools were largely closed and teaching was entirely online, my girlfriend stayed at my place until the phase return of school started this week. And so she had to return north. This spells a return to normal service for us, with us each taking the weekends in turn to travel up or down the country to be with each other. The aforementioned farm shop receive a delivery of really nice bread from a local bakery on a Saturday morning. However, it's really popular and the loaves normally get snapped up too early for me to catch them. The loaves are also quite big, so when I'm only feeding myself, I generally buy a tiny loaf from the co-op, which lasts me perfectly for a week. When Tilly was here with me, I was buying food for two people, so one of these big loaves from the farm shop each week would be perfect. One week in January, I inquired with the farm shop staff if there were any nice wholemeal loaves left. There wasn't, but they very kindly offered to put one aside for me every Saturday in future. So, of course, I said, yes, please. I've always (laughs) loved getting the regular treatment in any shop. 
even when I was at school, being able to ask for the usual at lunchtime was all I wanted my life to be. <laughs> and of course, generally saved any necessary, unnecessary interaction. So getting my pre-ordered loaf handed to me every Saturday has been an absolute joy. All was going swimmingly until the weekend when I travelled to Aberdeen with Tilly and she had to make an appearance in her school. I'd mentioned to the shop the week before not to put a loaf aside for me as I wouldn't make it to, to collect it. That was fine. A fortnight later, I went to the till expecting to have the loaf for Mr. Russell handed over to me. It wasn't. I had to specifically ask for it. An interaction I'd rather have avoided, but I did get the loaf. But I was dreading being told that they were no longer putting one aside for me since I did the, didn't bother picking it up the weekend before. Think of how ridiculous I would look to the queue behind me if they had cancelled my weekly order on grounds of no show, with them, quite rightly, returning my loaf to the shop floor for someone else to buy. I can almost see folk in queue rolling their eyes and hear them tutting. I'd never be able to return. This weekend, once again, it's my turn to travel up to Aberdeen, so I won't be able to collect my loaf on Saturday. Regardless, this loaf I've reserved on a weekly basis is far too much for myself, so half of it ends up in the freezer or going to the birds. Of course, the sensible thing to do would be to cancel the weekly order and go to the farm shop early doors to get a loaf as and when I need one and buy a tiny loaf from the supermarket on the weeks I am alone. But as a drifter, this is all but impossible. I don't want to tarnish my enviable position as a good, regular customer. What if the shop staff take offence and are saddened by me telling them that I don't want their bread anymore? It feels like I've only just started taking the order. Do I really want to be responsible for the extra hassle of taking me off their order book so soon after starting my weekly order? Could I call the shop in advance of the Saturdays? I'm not going to be able to collect the loaf. The staff are always really busy. I'm sure they could do without some pathetic guy ringing up about a loaf of bread every week. As a former retail worker myself, quite often the customers who think they're being helpful are the ones judged by shop staff as being sad individuals who have little else to think about. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Do I be up front and tell them my situation about only being able to generally make a collection every other week? The shop staff don't need to hear my life story, nor need their orders complicated anymore. How pathetic would I look to the rest of the queue? Would I be judged for travelling up to Aberdeen during a national lockdown, even though we are permitted to do so as we both live alone? Any thoughts on how to deal with this like a proper adult would be much appreciated. This is horrendous. We have had some bad ones of these and sometimes struggled to work <laughs> through them. But I, it's, this is one of the ones where I feel like it's every thought process is the, the exact thought process I would have in this situation. Oh, God, it's terrible. <laughs> it is really terrible. Because my instant thought would be, look, you're just going to have to live without this bread. No bread is so good that it's worth all this inner turmoil cancel it completely just go back to how you were before but i totally get his thing that like, he doesn't want to be this guy you mm, mm, mm. but he can't, I'm, he can't I'm, ask I'm, for every other weekend well i'm kind of That's thinking no. no relationship is worth jeopardizing this regular customer thing you've got going on at the farm shop <laughs> you're saying break up with tilly so he doesn't have to go to aberdeen but he can't get through all that bread. How's it? Oh, you think he should find someone closer to home so he, to share the bread with? Oh, that's what you're saying. No, you're or, saying or give it, no, 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 I'm not hook even up, saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hook up with his, someone closer to home, and then you can mm, share the bread every every weekend. Yeah, or waste the bread. Or just waste it. I mean, the birds like it, so they do. Yeah, not I've sure got, you should feed it to birds. 
No, I know it's weird, isn't it? Fed like my whole life it was okay to feed bread to birds. It's out of fashion now. It is out of fashion. But I've never I've not heard like birds are going extinct. If we've been feeding it to bees, then <laughs> then I would understand. <laughs> like, oh, Someone say, yeah. guys, this feeding the bread to the bees hasn't gone well. <laughs> you notice there aren't as many bees. <laughs> we think it's because of the bread, but I don't notice a bird shortage. But anyway, yeah, uh, you know, I listen yeah. to the experts, yeah. even though it just seems strange to me. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> this is just horrendous. Because I think it's an all or nothing. I think it's... So are we clear as to whether he leaves for Aberdeen on a Friday evening or on a Saturday morning? Doesn't say. I think Friday evening, though, because otherwise he could pick it up before he went and take it with him. I mean, that's... that's I'm My current thinking is that you should be cutting your Aberdeen trip shorter just so you can go to the bread place and not offend them and jeopardise that relationship. <laughs> right, so he would, instead of going on a Friday night, he would yeah. miss miss that extra night with his long-term relationship with Tilly mm-hmm. to just have one night a week, instead of two nights a week, just so he can have this yeah. loaf of bread. Or go on the Friday night mm. and then, like... Roy Orbison in the song I Drove All Night, I think originally by Cindy Lauper. Maybe sort of get up in the middle of the night, drive back down, get the bread, and back again. This is insane. Can I intervene as as, mm. as what what I feel like is the only sane person in this situation? Mm. I would like to hear Tilly's point of view, but anyway. I mean, I, I think he's completely sane because, every, as I say, every uh, every bit of logic and reasoning is... Uh, I was going through it in my head and getting there seconds before him. Right. In, in my opinion, and I know this is going to be hard for you to do, but I think it's the right course of action. You can't possibly have it every other week. You, that's just not an option. You can't... They can't be like, oh, is it... Is it, um, what's his name, Russell? Is it Russell week? No, Fra- is it Fraser week this week or not? Like, it, this this can't be, this can't be a thing. So there's only one, there's only an, there's only an, another alternative and that's cancel it. There isn't an in-between one. But then he can't show his face in that farm shop anymore. Could he, could he not? No, it's explain. like going back to being friends after you've had a very intense, intimate relationship with somebody. You couldn't just say, sorry, I don't want to be this, I don't want to be a pain, um, but I'm going up to my girlfriend's over the weekend. So I guess it's just easier for us all if I just cancel this order and then and get up early on the Saturdays when I am here. Just to, And he can make out that he's doing it for them. Like, I'm just doing this for you guys. But he's, he's already said what it's like as a retail worker when you get customers who but give you their life story. Yeah. Mm. Mate, could you ring up on his behalf? <laughs> you know what? I, I could. You I could to be ring his up mom? pretending to be his mum and saying, Fraser has been overspending a bit. I've seen his bank balance. He's been overspending on carbs. And I've told him that he's not allowed to buy that bread anymore. So I'm cancelling it for him. But he's still going to come in and buy his other bits and pieces. Don't don't mention it to him because he'll be embarrassed. I'm disappointed you didn't do it in a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> he's got an English mum. 
maybe has maybe Fraser's English. Mm. Um, okay, I feel that's. Uh, you, I'm. I think my solution was better, but anyway, uh, do do go on. Okay. Do the next one. Well, we're not. I feel we've gone as far as we can go with yes. that. Yes. Yeah. 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 I feel that we, we're not, we, not going to meet. We're not getting the meet in the middle on that one. No, we're not. No, not. No. Okay, this is from Lucy. I went for a lunch at an acquaintance's house with a few friends pre-lockdown and not someone I knew well. When we arrived, the host offered us and gave us some drinks. He then went off to get himself a drink. Five minutes later, he returned without a drink and sat down to join us in conversation. He then proceeded to pick up the glass I had been drinking from and started drinking from it. I guess he got distracted and forgotten that he hadn't made himself one. I decided to adopt the port port protocol and pretend that it was my drink while hoping that he wouldn't realise what had happened and then realised that I'd noticed but hadn't said anything. Eventually, during dinner, he spotted that I didn't have a drink, so he got me one. I'm not sure if he took what had happened, but nothing was said. What should one do in this situation? I think this is extremely common and extremely difficult so i think basically it comes down to someone taking your drink in this environment and you knowing it's yours and wanting it back and i'm not good at sharing drinks so i would find i find it very hard so what do you do i just honestly and this is i've been in this situation and this is what i've done i just haven't drunk all evening and i've been so thirsty for water and i just i can't i can't touch that glass because they've drunk from it so now i'm just gonna have to be incredibly thirsty it's, it's theirs to be on now. the safe side. As said, it's theirs now. I don't have one. That's the end of it. To be on the safe side, you could travel with your own mug. Your own mug. That looks different to what your host is serving beverages in. I wouldn't just bring it out. Hmm. Yep. Not sure about that. I think maybe going to the bar. Like that lady on Come Dine with me it. who used to... T- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Drinking from the tap. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. But maybe have a water, at least a water bottle secreted among about your person mm. if you get thirsty. But are we clear as whether she's talking about thirst or uh, lubrication, as in inebriation? Oh, I think yeah, I think it was just water, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, keep a keep a water bottle among about your person. I mean, she at doesn't all say times. water. She doesn't say. She doesn't say what the drink was. It's unspecified. Yeah. Because if it's a wine glass, that's more tricky, isn't mm, it? Just You just have to do without. It's very hard, mm, very hard. Yeah. You can't say to them, oh, that was my glass once they've drunk out of it. I think once they've drunk out of it, it's now theirs. Mm, yeah, finders keepers. <laughs> Losers weepers. Exactly. Okay. Um, I'm not sure that we satisfactorily dealt with either of those, but we gave it the old, no. the old college try, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And that's our podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, under difficult circumstances, the technicals this week. What these listeners have been through these last couple of oh. weeks, what with me going on with myself last week, and then what will undoubtedly be stilted and slightly irritated podcast this week. Um, thank you for, for sticking with us. If you have a story of social ineptitude, if you have a contribution to Mug Chat, or if you have... Like, I don't know what's going on at your end, Annabelle, but that was 
like you just beamed white noise straight into my head, whatever happened there. Oh, I know what it is. It's these headphones. Right. It's so what is, what's going on? I think they've got a very sensitive microphone on them and I think it, it must have rustled on my jumper. I'm so sorry. I think that's part of what's been going on all for the last hour. Should we just start again? Yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you won't no, the, won't, no, won't be able to hear it on the podcast. Sorry, that was just for your ears only. Sorry about that. I know, I should have been professional enough to just um, get on with it and not mention it. How annoying, sorry. But it was like, that was like torture, that one. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. It won't happen again. Okay. Well, I'm sorry for bringing it up. I wish, we should no. just shut up it's about it. It's good you it. did. I mean, we can all learn from it and move on. Yeah. Well, have we learned? Yep. I've moved on. Um, I was just telling them that they could email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incident music. Carla Gallagher took the photos. Kim Rainey made the artwork. And I'll finish this week by saying, Me no speak English. Okay, ready for a podication? Yes. This comes from Hannah, who says, Dear Jeff and Annabelle, hello. 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 Hope you're both well. I've got a mild cold, Hannah. I I didn't know that. You haven't mentioned it. Very stoic these days. Jeff. Mm. Um, I am from a family of long time. I think that maybe that's the other reason I've been a bit irritable this week. I don't feel great. I'm so sorry to hear that. That's all right. Thanks for your sympathy. Uh, I'm from a family of long-time listeners. That's lovely to hear. Uh, my parents first started listening to the Pete and Jeff show and then to the late night show. They fondly remember Drunk versus Stoned. And when the home time show started, my dad would save up the podcast for any long car journeys we made together. This included one memorable occasion when we drove 10 hours to France listening to nothing but home time show podcasts all the way. Wow. Oh, Wow. My brother and I were therefore subjected to your rambling since he was 11 and I was 13. We are now 21 and 24. Oh, time. How come you're ageing at a different pace to your brother? <laughs> that's, that's weird. Um, that means in 20 years' time, sorry, in another 10 years' time, he'll be 32 and you'll be 36 at this rate. Mm, amazing. Yeah. Um, I meant to, to write in all those years ago, but in true drift fashion, I never got round to it. Although my dad did have a podication read out some six years ago for his 50th birthday. He is definitely not a drifter. He is confident and self-assured in social situations. And since I was an incredibly shy child, he would try and build my confidence by pushing me into uncomfortable situations. <gasps> like getting me to chase waiters around restaurants to ask for the bill and making me answer the phone. Oh, that sounds like hell. <laughs> but I respect it. I respect it. Wish someone had done that for me. I discovered the Adrift podcast about a year ago, which turned out to be the perfect timing as the coronavirus lockdown meant spending a long summer working night shifts in a warehouse. Listening to Adrift was a great comfort and kept me company whilst driving. Since then, I've been working on an NHS COVID, in an NHS COVID lab, but I will soon be preparing to start my dream job as an ecologist. Oh, Wow. wow. Which brings me to the reason for this podication. I would like to thank my mum, dad and brother for making this strange year not just bearable, but frequently enjoyable. Since my brother and I have been away at uni, we haven't seen as much of each other. 
So although the current situation has been tough at times, I'm glad that we spent it together at home, enjoying many evenings of takeaways, quizzes and games. Their love and support is definitely the reason I am where I am today. I'm getting choked up and it's not even about me. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> I think the last time it was because somebody said they'd listened to the podcast for a long time and, and just this is a, a really nice story of a family connecting during a different time. Isn't that great? That is lovely. Um, where I am today, looking forward to an exciting future. And I am very grateful. Hannah, for some reason, this is really, uh, really getting me choked up. I don't know why. I think part of it is... Uh, I don't know, the sense of what you're about to embark on, how life changes, how the time we spend with our family changes. Probably I'm making it about myself on one level. I'm probably thinking of my son at that age, maybe. I'm too narcissistic just to be feeling it just for for Hannah and her family. Maybe a bit of the mild cold's coming into play. I'm sure it is the mild cold. Mm. I found this podcast very stressful and emotionally draining tonight. <laughs> 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 um, Hannah, I'm so pleased you've had that as a family. That's just, honestly, in all seriousness, that is just a lovely thing to read about. There we go. Uh, the latest edition of the podcast, uh, podicated from Hannah. We don't know the names of the family, do we? Um, we don't. She doesn't okay. mention them. No, that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. She probably understands that they don't want their name linking to this in any kind of exactly. permanent digital form. Exactly. Right. Uh, there we go. Uh, latest edition. Um, podicated to Hannah's brother, mum, and dad. To Hannah. Oh, the places you'll go, Hannah. Um, if you'd like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast dot com. Oh. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah. 